from a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Nadia Mason is a professor of physics at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and director of the Illinois Materials Research Science and Engineering Center. Her research focuses on experimental studies of nanoscale electronic materials. Her January 13th talk at the Ohio State University Science Sundays event is titled Going Through the Quantum Tunnel. Welcome to Craft, Dr. Mason. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, take us a little way into the quantum tunnel. What will you discuss at your January 13th talk? So I was inspired by several things in this talk. One is that my own research is on quantum mechanical properties of materials and devices. Um, How do electronics change when you consider quantum mechanics, for example? What sort of next generation devices can you make out of quantum mechanics? Um, Using quantum mechanics. But the other proximate um, inspiration for my talk is that I saw... um, the most recent Ant-Man movie. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes, yes but in, of course. in the movie, quantum mechanics plays a huge part. There's a there's a quantum tunnel in there, and they go in. They go into the quantum realm, and uh, they can't get back out of the quantum realm again. Um, and I thought it was it was really interesting. You know, they had a, a, a person who was affected by quantum mechanics, who was both there and not there, who could move through barriers. Um, so I realized, you know, we're we're using quantum mechanics now both in in popular culture. You know, sort of correctly, sort of incorrectly, I think, um, but also in in real devices that can impact our future. So that was the inspiration behind this. How 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 can we understand quantum mechanics that it makes sense for us to use um, and even reimagine in in the future? Okay, so let's maybe it would be a good idea to step back and say, give me your definition of quantum mechanics. What uh, what exactly is it? Because I saw Ant Man and I felt kind of smart when they say right, quantum right. mechanics, and you go, oh yes quantum mechanics, of course, but I don't know actually what that even means. It, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's not even, I found that even scientists sometimes don't have really exact definition of quantum mechanics. It's one of those things you end up sort of just understanding to be true because it works. So quantum mechanics is a, is, is a set of principles that describe sub, that describe small, small particles, basically. Um, it's a fundamental theory, de- describes nature at the smallest scale, at the level of atoms typically. Um, and it has a set of principles that include things like energy quantization, meaning that the energy that things have isn't continuous, but rather comes in small packets. Um, it includes the idea that particles are, that things, atoms, everything, is both a particle and a wave, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it also tells us that we can't completely know both the position and the energy of anything at the exact same time. Um, so it really is a set of principles that helps us understand how nature works at the smallest scale. That's what quantum mechanics is. Um, so it's really not one thing. It's not one, you know, quantum mechanics tells you this one thing. It's really a field that explains how nature works at the very smallest scales. So let's take that great definition and then walk it through into the important areas, which is Paul Rudd's Ant-Man being stranded in the quantum realm. (laughs) So, you know, so for those of you, it does happen at the, I think it's the one of the end credit scenes, he gets stranded there. But what makes for you quantum mechanics and nanoscale technology so popular right now, both in science fiction and in your own work? I think that there are two things. One is that it's one of the last 
not quite unexplored areas, but seemingly unutilized areas. Um, I say seemingly because we actually use quantum mechanics all the time. Um, we use them in in technology. We use it in semiconductors. So yeah, the whole the whole idea behind a behind computer chips um, uses the, the the energy packets that that electrons have in materials to to do just classical information basically. So actually, you know, quantum mechanics is used all the times in in technology that we use every day. But on the other hand, these things that seem weird about it, like wave-particle duality and how things can be in two positions at the same time, those aspects, what we call superposition, those aspects of quantum mechanics have so far not been used in devices. And right now we're at the cusp of being able to really utilize these for next generation technologies. And I think that's finally sort of reached you know, the public, definitely the government is starting to realize it. There's this new national quantum initiative. Um, I think that that convergence of science and technology has reached a point where real applications are possible and people are starting to hear more about it and realize that this may be something that we use more and differently in the future. One of the areas I've heard a lot about is like quantum computing right. and making things smaller and smaller and to the point where uh, I think I read this, uh, if not, I'm making it up and I'll be a genius, but uh, where you would have like uh, sort of one atom signaling one quanta of information, right? right. Uh, where it can get that small, which seems amazing. So what are some of the other applications that you've seen that you may have said, okay, that's really, you know, maybe that's 10, 15 years away, but that's something that seems possible at the moment? So quantum computing for sure has is, is maybe the biggest new application of, of quantum mechanics. And like you said, quantum computing, uh, it's, it's, it works not just at the at the atomic level with single quantum information, but also uses this this property of of particles of of bits quantum bits that they can be in more than one state at one time. So a classical bit of information can only be a one or a zero, whereas a quantum bit of information can be combinations of ones and zeros, which gives them a lot more power to do information processing. And so that's really the, the promise of, of quantum information, that you can get massively parallel information processing in the future. Um, but beyond that, there's things like um, quantum communication, where if you can set, if you can take two atoms or electrons or spin, you know, something, some two quantum bits and have them communicate with each other, basically, they can end up communicating with each other over vastly long distances, um, meaning that they stay as part of the same quantum bit, even though they're separated by a distance you know, longer than what the speed of light could travel between them, if that makes sense. Hmm. So if you know the information stored in one of the bits, you can figure out the information stored in the other part of the bit, even though they're separated over a long distance. Um, so it's not it's not breaking the physical rule of information passing faster than the speed of light. It's just saying that we have things that are communicating basically that that are have that, that store information that are that's related to each other over very long distances where even classical information couldn't pass. So I have to say I think you've just broken my mind um, <laughs> trying to understand how those things are connected. But maybe that's uh, what we you'll be covering on your uh, Science Sunday's talk on January 13th, because that's just fascinating, the idea that somehow they're responding to each other over these vast distances that even light can't go that fast. 
Well, I think that the, the, I think these are all connected in one key thing, which is which is this wave particle duality idea of quantum mechanics. Um, at least is how I like to think about it, because I like to think in very cartoon pictures. So if you think of things like particles, and a particle has to move from one place to another, but if you instead think of an object as a wave, right? Even think of a water wave, right? You never think of one water wave. You think of a wave, you know, waves that are extended across an ocean. Okay. So now imagine that instead of having a particle, right, that particle is defined by this set of waves that extends over very, very long distances. And that's really valid for particles. I mean, we think of things like energy as extending throughout space in waves like that. And at least for me, that doesn't bother me so much. But then you have to make that leap to think of particles as actually really being waves that extend out throughout space. And as soon as you make that jump to thinking of you know, objects as being extensive throughout space, it's no longer so crazy to think of them as having information that's spread out over very, very long distances, mm -hmm. longer than one classical particle could be, or even of having them interfere with each other in a way that allows them to be many different bits at once instead of one bit. So I think these wave properties are what enable us to think really differently about communication, information, and all these things that you can't do with just classic particles moving around. Yeah, it reminds me of, um, I think it's Star Trek, where they have the subspace communications, uh, things like that, where they're be talking over these massively long distances. Right. That, and maybe in, in some other extent, that would be like transporters. Right. Uh, which, you know, I, I'm still the person that clings to the, I think it was the first movie where the transporter didn't work and it delivered up, you know, mixed up humans. Uh, so, you know, there's a little anxiety there, a little, little concern. Right. Science Sundays at The Ohio State University is a very popular event, but I'm curious about your take on the reception of science in general in the right. U.S. right now. Do you think it's becoming less popular, more popular? What's really happening with uh, science and people coming up in science? I think that science remains popular, actually. I think if you talk to people, whenever I've had the chance to talk to people about science, they uniformly seem really interested in it. And, you know, I admit, I'm the sort of person who goes to a bar and starts talking about John Bardeen and the transistor and, and semiconductors and quantum mechanics. So, you know, but, but when I do that, people are, seem genuinely interested. People, you know, as, as humans, I think we really like to learn about and understand our world. And I think that persists. And it's one of the things that makes us really special and wonderful among all the animals um, that we, we, we try to learn about our world. And science is, is a way to learn more about our world and to use it. So in, in some sense, I think that people really are interested in science. Uh, the thing that I worry about is that a lot of the technology and other things we use um, I think seem complicated to people to the extent that they end up just reverting to an idea of it as magic almost, right? My right. iPhone works by magic. My, my GPS works by magic. Or there's some science behind it, but there's no sense of the actual work of scientists that went into building all of these things. Mm -hmm. So what I really think it's lacking is an idea of the process of science, the years of fundamental research in the lab, the years of failed experiments, the years of, years of wacky ideas that it takes to really hit on things that work and build up technologies. And I think that we don't have as much appreciation of that as we should as a society. That makes sense. I uh, am reminded of a quote that I'll probably mangle here. Any sufficiently advanced piece of technology would be indistinguishable from magic. 
Right. Professor Nadia Mason, I thank you very much for talking to me today. And we're looking forward to your January 13th talk at Science Sundays at The Ohio State University, where people can learn a lot more about quantum mechanics and go going through the quantum tunnel with you on a journey <laughs> to uh, find out all the important questions about quantum mechanics, including how you're going to rescue Paul Rudd. I hope so, except I just rewatched Infinity Wars and it's going to take more than quantum mechanics. But yes, that's the goal. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative.